You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market period hands down not only that but they have thousands of retail locations all over the united states so stop in to a local retail store ask the guy who works there about their car batteries and hell you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business so interstatebatteries.com is their website go there find out more information about the culture of the company the batteries that these guys carry or just stop into a, a local retail store interstate batteries outrageously dependable woo i tell you <laughs> I usually don't start off every podcast with the old Ric Flair woo, but this podcast definitely deserves it because the story of how this dude got into hunting is almost unreal, right? So let me break this down for you real quick. Dude is in a bad spot in his life. He gets an OWI, right? He can't go anywhere. So what does he do? He's sitting at home watching YouTube videos, rap videos, hardcore rap videos, and just chilling in his house, listening to these music videos, and by random algorithmic luck, a Randy Newberg video pops up, and he clicks on it, and it changes his life. He instantly wants to become a bow hunter. He wants to be a hunter. He wants to hunt bear. You, this story is absolutely crazy. And today my guest is Orlando Childs. And not only just that storyline, but the dude is from San Jose, California, right? So he's not in a traditional hunting state. He's from California. Yet this guy gets infected 
with the need to hunt basically and everything in his life now revolves around hunting and trying to get meat for his freezer and how did i how did i come up with this guy i'm flipping through instagram and i see this crazy guy jumping around dancing with a bow and just like singing how much he loves bow hunting and how much he loves to shoot his bow and i said if this guy is that passionate about bow hunting i need to get him on my podcast and that's who the guest is today orlando childs uh (laughs) i i cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode because the dude is geeked out about bow hunting just like the rest of us are and uh I'm kind of excited to watch his progression now that uh, he's starting to try more and more and more new things. And uh, I, I love stories like this. I absolutely love the, the craziness, the chaos that leads into the passion of bow hunting. So, And by the way, he, he doesn't come from a family of bow hunting. I'll, I'm going to say this one more time because I want you this to sink in. He's listening to rap music on YouTube and a random Randy Newberg video pops up right (laughs) oh my I I, anyway it's an awesome episode and before we get into this episode I got to do a commercial real quick and that commercial is who is it today it is with Vortex Optics now Vortex is a premium optics company right these guys make binoculars rangefinders spotting scopes and uh, rifle scopes they have you know expensive binoculars and expensive products all the way down to inexpensive right they have a price point for everybody and the quality is excellent across the board and whether you buy a $200 pair of binoculars or an $800 pair of binoculars $800 pair of binoculars these guys these guys have a warranty that blows any other warranty really out of the water you break it you damage it whether it's an accident or whether it's your fault you back over it with your truck or you throw it at something at when you're pissed and you break it all you have to do is send it in and they will fix it for free and send it back to you that my friends is customer service and uh, that is one of the reasons why I love using Vortex Optics the the functionality the warranty and then just working with a company whose employees are participants in the activity that they're marketing to so hunting and shooting these guys participate in it and uh, I can relate so that's why I love working with Vortex now if you want to find out more information about Vortex Optics Go to their social pages or you can visit vortexoptics.com. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's podcast with Orlando Childs. In three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Orlando Childs. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, man, what's going on? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, I scroll through Instagram. It's part of what I do, part of my job. And uh, I see this crazy person jumping around with a bow and arrow and saying how much, how much he loves archery and bow hunting. And so I had to stop and I had to reach out to this person and I had to say, Hey dude, do you want to come on the podcast and chat? And here we are. And here we are. Simple as that. 
So uh, I got I to gotta ask you a couple questions because I found out you're from California. And when I think of a hardcore bow hunter, I, for some reason, I don't think of someone who lives in California. All right. So I want to kind of just start, do a little bit of a hunter profile here and, and kind of go all the way back. Uh, have, were you born and raised in California? Born and raised, uh, born in San Jose, raised in the entire Bay area, basically. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this then. Did you grow up in a, an outdoors family? Did you, uh, did your dad or uncles or brothers hunt fish, any of that stuff? Well, yes and no. Um, I had a, I have a great auntie, uh, who my great uncle actually, uh, he's a big hunter and a big fisher, um, angler. And, um, when I was younger, <clears throat> I can remember them bringing me out to, to go fishing early in the morning to catch catfish and, and stuff like that. That happened like once or twice. Uh, I don't have a, well, my biological father is not in my life. And um, my stepfather hunted when he was a child, but he didn't really hunt as, as much as, as an adult. So, um, no, I, um, I I guess the answer is no. Outdoorsy, yeah. We did a lot of hiking, um, a lot of camping stuff like that um a lot of barbecues and stuff like that so as far as being in the outdoors um we 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 did do that but we never no one in my family immediate family anyway ever ventured down um you know putting crosshairs on something to eat it yeah so where and when did did this love for archery and bow hunting get triggered rock bottom alcoholic <laughs> to be a hundred percent honest with you um and everyone has their definition of an alcoholic now i wasn't like your sloppy you know no job having well i guess i was because i got a dui but um i was you know i i was a personal trainer i was a lot fitter than i am now um at the time um i was training for uh, mma fights um i was very active but i had well, I had an addiction. I still do have an addiction. Alcohol. Alcohol and sugar are my two addictions. Yeah. I'm still working on sugar, but I seem to manage alcohol just fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, it was my birthday weekend, and it wasn't no big deal. And I was just driving to the pool hall to play some pool. I played some pool, had a couple beers on the way home, right down the street from my house. I get pulled over. Um, immediately he asked, have you been drinking? The answer is, yep, I sure was. I had six beers at the, at the pool hall. Take me in. I'm drunk. You got me. Like, no yeah. arguing here. My house is right there. So if you're willing to let me go home, that's cool. But the law is the law, but you got me. And he took me in. I got arrested and uh, charged with the DUI. Uh, at that point, I lost everything. I lost my clients. I was building a business to, to breed pit bulls. Um, I had to give my pit bulls to another breeder who I knew can take care of, uh, these dogs, like how, how I wanted them to be spoiled and, and rotten like, like I was. Um, so I had to give up my two dogs. I kept my one dog. I had to give up my house. I had to give up, I was growing weed out of my entire house to make extra money legally. And, um, I had to give that up. I was working on genetics at the time and I was, I was doing a lot for myself independently. And then all stopped, uh, because I got a DUI. Damn. 
so I'm at home and I'm I'm frustrated and um I'm upset and sad and just kind of trying to figure out what I'm gonna do, packing up my stuff and I'm I'm playing I'm watching YouTube on, on my TV and I'm playing music and um for some random reason, uh Randy Newberg pops on my pops on my TV. <laughs> And how this happened when I'm listening to like raunchy Bay Area rap music is, uh, to me, it's an act of God, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you, because there's no way that that algorithm would, would connect. But um, when, when he popped up, he was hunting in Alaska, hunting bears with, with Bart May. And um, I was just really intrigued. So I started watching it. And then I started diving in a little bit more. And then I saw him hunting with his bow. And, and what did it for me was, when he was hunting in, I believe he was in Arizona, he was hunting Arizona archery and, um, he shot a buck, he knew he hit it and he filled out his tag and he didn't recover it. And being in California, you don't, you don't think of hunters who are going to like, you know, spend all this time and effort into getting an animal, shooting an animal and then not, not getting that animal, but then filling out their tag anyway. Yeah. As if they did get that animal. And that's me like, okay, I need to go to Bass Pro Shop and get a bow right now because I think I think I can do this. And um that's kinda when it all happened. And did that yeah, change I mean, I keep going. Did that change your mindset about the definition of a hunter at that point? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Because as when you're when you're when you're going to high school and hear about your buddies who who hunt, all they tell you is that they they shot this big buck with their dad, and there's these big antlers, and and um, a lot of the time they didn't even talk about the meat, or they when they talked about the meat, they talked negatively of the meat. So it was like, why why do you even hunt? Like, what's the point if you're if you're just, you're just killing shit? Like, yeah. my opinion was, you're crazy, dude. You're like going out in the woods and just killing shit and just collecting the heads just to, to kill shit. That's not me. Like, that's totally not what I'm about. Um, so growing up, that was always the perception that everybody had sort of in my high school, I- I'll say, in the Bay Area. I- I'll be pretty confident in saying in the cities, in the Bay Area, the mindset is you kill it. You don't really like the meat, but you do it so you can have the chance to kill things. And it's sort of just like a rush to kill things. And that's why you go out hunting. And um, I was never like that. Doesn't vibe with me. Even just saying it, just kind of it makes me feel weird. Um, so I, yeah, growing up, I I never imagined that it was more about the adventure and all about the me, yeah, rather than just the antlers, just the skull, yeah. Um, so that's 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 definitely what opened up my eyes when I seen Randy Newberg say, you know what, no. I, I hit an animal. I can't find it. I feel horrible. I couldn't sleep last night. Like that was like, all right, this is more my style kind of yeah. thing. And and it's sad because I watch other hunting shows and it's sort of the it's sort of the same thing. It's 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 not like Rennie Newberg has set himself apart completely uh, and kind of branched off into this new breed of hunters that like the, the gritty bowmen, um, like uh, like the meat eater, like uh, like Remy. They all do these public lands and they're honest about their hunts, but all the popular hunting shows, they're just killing shit. Yeah. They're just talking, well, this big buck that we shot over this corn, and it's like, that's, that's I don't know. It, I would do it. Don't get me wrong. I plan on going to Texas and hunting over a corn, corn feeder. Definitely going to do that. But, like, 
you don't get the appreciation yeah. when you're when you're hearing about all the talking about the size of the animals. It's like, well, that's all you care about. Um, but yeah, so I I can literally just keep talking and talking and talking to you and just keep telling you like <laughs> keep diving down. But well, I tend to go into these rabbit holes that I can't get myself out of. No man, that's what I'm all about. That's that's how I operate. I mean, I feel like you, you walked into the perfect situation. I'm glad for you that of all the people that got you into hunting, it was someone like Randy Newberg because there's a whole other group, in my opinion that are just, I don't necessarily want to say bad for the community, but the only thing, like you mentioned, that they care about is a number on antlers. And that's it. Uh, you know, like, I got to get 200. I got to mm-hmm. get 200. I got to get 200, especially for like a, a whitetail guy. And don't get me wrong, the antlers are awesome. And I, I, I like shooting big bucks just as much as everybody else does. But when you, when the hunt is depreciated and the meat and the life of the animal is depreciated because all they want, all they care about is the antlers. That really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of anti hunters think that hunters do. Uh, and I, I, just from a story of somebody that I work with, she, you know, she's a vegan, she's a rock climber. She's, she's very outdoorsy. Um, but when I when I told her, oh, I'm, I'm going to go hunting this weekend, she asked me, what, why are you why are you going to go kill bears? Like, what did a bear ever do to you? And I looked at her and I was like, nothing. But I absolutely love this bear, and it's kind of psychotic if if you think about it that way. But I love this bear so much, I want to eat this bear, and I want this bear to be a part of my life for the rest of my life and for my kids' lives. Like, it's not that I hate the bear or have anything against the bear. I'm probably going to cry after I shoot this bear because I cry <laughs> after I shoot everything. It's, it's yeah. an emotional feeling. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like I want to go out there and just kill bears. I just want, if I'm going to eat meat, I'm a, I want to eat a meat. I want to eat some meat that I harvested. That I know it was grass-fed, free-range, 1,000%. I can tell what it was eating right before I shot it. And I, I bring it home. I harvest it. Hey babe, we're gonna have these hams. Are we gonna we're gonna have this backstrap? Or we're gonna have these? This, we're gonna smoke some jerky right now. And it's it's not like you know, Smokey Joe's jerky from the grocery store. It's 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 my Montana jerky that I'm jerking right here in my backyard, sort of thing. Um, and once I told her my love and appreciation, she saw how passionate I was about this bear. I'm still sort of getting emotional about it, thinking about it because I, I really love bears. Um, yeah. and I don't know, I mean, I know I'm gonna be able to pull the trick cause I pulled the trigger on a bear. I just missed. Um, but I, it was an emotional feeling. And when I started talking to her about it, she was like, Oh my God. Like I, I never knew people like you existed. I never knew hunters like you existed. I'm like, man, check out Randy Newberg. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, you need to check out Randy Newberg. And anytime any, anyone's like, who's Randy Newberg? I'm always like, you know, the best way for me to describe Randy Newberg is he is the Mr. Rogers of hunting completely. And yeah. when I say that, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll check him out. Man, you got some love for Randy Newberg. I'm, I'll, I, I kind of know mm-hmm. Randy Newberg, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass your name his way. <laughs> I've... Um, I've, 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 I've hit up Randy Newberg a couple of times. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's He's, awesome. Um, he, yeah, I, I hit him up and I, you know, I offer my services and I, I tell him, you know, my goals and he's super supportive. Um, 
of what I'm doing. And yeah, he's a great guy. And, you know, yeah, it's, I'm, you know, it's, it's weird. I don't have a lot of people that I look up to. Like people have like LeBron James and yeah. like, you know, RIP Kobe Bryant and like, you know, big stars. I've, you know, before this, I used to act and I've, I used to fight and I've met some celebrities and I just don't care. Like, I just Amen. don't give a fuck about them. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, oh, that's like Will Smith. Oh, cool. How you doing, sir? Like, I like your movies, but it's, I never get that. Like, <laughs> you oh both hunt Will? That's Will Smith. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. How's your shooting? Um, yeah. <laughs> but with Randy, I seem to get like, like that teen, like it's a, like I'm like I'm a teenager and I'm like oh my god oh my god it's instinct sort of thing. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's true, man. I'm not even ashamed of it. I I told I told my old lady I said, hey babe, if I'm even if it's the middle of a work week, if Randy Newberg says, hey my guy canceled on me, can you come to Montana? I drive. 22 hours to Montana to go help him pack out something. I would totally do that. And I told my lady, like, if that ever happens, you best believe I'm going to take it. We're going to have to figure out daycare. We're going to have to figure this, some stuff out, but it's definitely going to happen. Um, and I wouldn't say that about a lot of things. Yeah. And, um, to, to, to have that appreciation for somebody, I just want other people to have this appreciation too. Um, yeah. And that's exactly why I started Campfire Revolution is because once I seen the way that he was portraying uh, an outdoorsman, I wanted to then take these city folks who are like, I was just walking down the street and, um, you know, school's out. There's a bunch of kids just out, not doing shit, just getting into trouble like I was when I was a kid. I mean, not like horrible trouble, but we're not up to no good hanging out like maybe we're playing football or maybe we're chasing girls like yeah. which one are we doing um and i if i had this mindset of there's a place i can go to go chase critters legally and like just be out there my mindset as a teenager would be much different would be much different the things i would be asking for for christmas would be way different my aspirations for good grades might be a little different. Now, granted, I was playing football, so I was already kind of getting good grades. But, like, my motivation was football. If I didn't have football, I wouldn't really have any other motivation to do anything. It would just be kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't really care. Like, I, I didn't I didn't see a point in a lot of things, but I did it because of football. Right. Uh, right. I, felt, I feel this way about hunting. Uh, I save a lot of money that I would normally be spending on shit, uh, clothes, going to Vegas, partying, uh, and I take my vacations out in the woods. Um, and I kind of want to just give this love that I'm feeling to other people. Okay. And uh, I know some people can't really connect with everybody, like I can connect with Randy, but I want to be that connection that is their connection to the outdoors. Like, oh, my God, here's this dreadheaded dude from California who's bow hunting all the time, and that's all he talks is hunting, hunting, hunting. I can – I can see myself doing this. This is how he feels about it. I can do this too kind yeah. of thing. And um, that's kind of what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be that, that I'm trying to be the, I've, I said this before and I'll say it again. I'm trying to be the black Randy Newberg. <laughs> and that's the simplest <laughs> way that I can put it is I want to be that like star that these inner city kids look up to and not just saying white, black or Mexican or, or whatever. All of them, all these city kids, 
I feel like they need a connection yeah. that they can connect with. Man, that's, that's, uh, that's a tall task, man. Because uh, a lot of kids these days, you know, all they care about is their cell phone. That's why you see me dancing in the woods <laughs> with my bow. <laughs> get their attention? That's why get their attention. Well, that's me, honestly. On the way to the trailhead, like, if I'm, like, listening to music and all of a sudden a, a guitar solo plays with Jimi Hendrix and I, I'll pull out my bow and I'll start swinging that thing around <laughs> because it's just me. That's just the way I am, even if the camera wasn't on. And, um like the videos you saw all those videos are after a coyote hunt that failed um and um i basically was listening to music on the way out heading back to the car and i'm like doing all this stuff with no one's watching and i'm like you know what this is pretty i think this is pretty funny let me let me videotape myself being me and see what people think um and i did it and all of a sudden it was just like i i people were like oh my god this is awesome kids were hitting me up oh people city kids were everyone i was just getting i was doing what i wanted to do i was being that person that i wanted to be and everyone was like oh my god i've always thought about bow hunting but i've never thought that i can do it like is it easy what kind of bow should i get and i'm finally like oh man you know what at this point you know all bows are, are pretty good they're, they're all do the same thing just get what you can afford and what kind of release are you using i want that release and and i'm just like you know i'm, I'm finally that voice and it feels so satisfying to like have people hit me up like even people who have more followers than me are like hey um i like that release you're using uh can you tell me a little bit about it and I'm, i go into this detail about you know this is why i chose it this is what this is yeah. what works for me blah, blah 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 and it feels great to like be a connection between people who have never hunted before people who are hunters but you know don't really care about it and people who are call themselves like or, or not call themselves, but see themselves as professional avid hunters. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I feel like I'm finally doing that just because of the messages that I'm getting from people. I'm like that middleman of, of connections. Now I'm not saying I'm a great hunter. I'm horrible. I'm bad at hunting. To be honest with you. I just work really hard and I'm really stubborn and I don't give up very easily. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I need to learn. But that said, me being so stubborn kind of, uh, makes me successful because I don't give up Yeah, and I, I, I am very hard headed and I don't like to take a L. Um, and that's kind of like my, my mindset in, in life. I don't like to lose. I don't want to lose. Um, so, so yeah, let, let me ask you this real quick. I, yeah. You, you just got an OWI. You were kind of really low on your life, right? It, kind of in a, a place that you didn't really see yourself, just kind of the rock bottom, like you mentioned. Randy Newberg comes on YouTube, mm -hmm. kind of really catches your attention. What did you do after that moment? Did you just the next day run to the store and buy a bow and get yourself set up and said to yourself, I'm going to be a bow hunter? Day. The same day. The same day. I went to Bass Pro Shop in Manteca, California, and I bought a um, PSC. It's sitting right here. It's a black and purple PSC. It cost $345, completely set up with a trophy ridge, five-pin scope. And I bought a, um, uh, I forgot what it's called, but a hinge uh, a index release. Yep. And um, I started shooting that same day in my backyard. My I was shooting so off 
because my pin was off and I wasn't, I didn't know how to adjust my pin. So instead of adjusting my pin, I would just adjust where I aimed to try to hit bullseye, which is, <laughs> I mean, I had no clue what I was doing, but you know, if I was hitting top right, I'd be like, all right, just aim for the bottom left and then I'll hit in the middle. Uh, and that's kind of how I was doing it. And, um, yeah, needless to say, I wasn't really hunting. I was just shooting. Yeah. But that uh, was your first step. Start, that was my first step to addiction. And I, I dived deep. Um, I shot that bow for a while. And the first thing I said I wanted to do is I want to hunt a bear with my, with my bow. That's the first thing I want to do is I want to hunt a bear with my bow because I've seen people do it. I've seen Randy shooting bears in Alaska. I can do it too. Um, that didn't happen. Obviously, I haven't harvested a bear yet. But uh, I ended up uh, a year later bumping into these guys who were they're, – they're, they're waterfowlers. And um, we talked about going to Wyoming to do an antelope hunt. And um, the way they explained it is we'll be on BLM. It'll be a real hunt. We're going to be having backpacks and all that stuff. So I, I, I was super excited. I was going to get that, like, experience of hunting. Uh, when we got there, I realized that none of us had a clue what we were doing. We didn't have a clue where we were going. We didn't know what BLM – oh, this is BLM is in a different zone. We were just looking at a map full of BLM. We had no clue what we were doing. Uh, the tags we got were private land tags and some of them were, so I'm like, Oh wait, but like we, we, we were so lost. Um, I, I will say the first, we hunted for seven days. The first three days were basically wasted trying to figure out what to do. Um, until I was just finally like, you know what? Pull over. I see a guy with two big bucks at a, at a, at a, at a, at a shop right here, uh, in Sheridan, Wyoming, pull over. I want to talk to this guy and see what he's, see what he's talking about like we might as well just talk to locals and figure out what to do so um we pulled over talked to him turns out he has a lease in a place where we had those same tags for um so i went and filled two of my tags the other guys didn't have tags in that same zone so they ended up having to hunt and you know it didn't really work out but we ended up knocking on doors um uh, knocking on doors is what worked we knocked on doors they got access they knocked some antelope out packed it up and came home. Well, I didn't feel like I hunted. I feel like I shot some animals on private. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I will do that every single year, every day, if I could, I would do it. But I wanted to hunt. So I came back and I convinced my beautiful, lovely wife, who's amazing, super supportive, <laughs> <laughs> to drive both of us back to Wyoming in a Ford Focus with two dogs with our coolers strapped to the top of our Ford Focus. And um, I went and hunted some BLM in Sheridan and I harvested another mule deer. Um, and I, uh, yeah, it was just. Was that with a rifle like, ah, or with a bow? That was with a rifle. A rifle. Okay. Everything in Wyoming was with a rifle so far. Oh, so, yeah, period. Everything was, was okay. with a rifle. Yeah. So your wife then had to drive you to Sheridan because was because you still had you were off your license from your previous OWI. That uh, no 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 I got my license back at this point. Oh okay I got at you. At this point it's been three years I I, had, I lost my license uh, for a year. Um, so yeah when I, when we came back we drove back. Uh, my license is in good standing at, at this point and um, I did my time. Yeah. And went to the AA meetings for three months and all that stuff and yeah. And um, I'm 
I'm proud to say alcohol is because of hunting. Alcohol is not my, my not my addiction anymore. Like I can drink. I can have like a, some wine. I, I don't even like it anymore. I don't even like to drink because I'm so focused on working out the next morning. Yeah. And I'm like, if I drink, I'm not going to feel good the next morning. So it's like, I'd rather just like, I smoke weed and I'd rather just smoke a little <laughs> bit CBD and just calm myself down. Like, like drinking is just, like I can quit smoking weed anytime. Like it's not, <clears throat> weed is, weed is just, especially like I'm smoking CBD and it, it doesn't get you high. It just like relaxes your muscles. Yeah, man. Uh, it helps with some of the inflammation. Um, it has a lot of benefits for your brain. So it's, and it just relaxes the hell out of me, man. So, um, I was on you know, CBD for a yeah. while for my knees and it actually helped my, I've had both, I have knee surgeries in both my knees. So I went to, uh, get some CBD oil and I took it for about, I stopped taking it because it was actually pretty expensive. So, but in the time that I was taking it for those two months, man, I'll tell you what, my knees were not near as sore as what they were before, mm-hmm. before that. So I, I, I get you. I get you. Um, so yeah. you, when did you then kind of transfer, you know, you, you were having this conversation with yourself, like, man, I feel like I just shot these animals on private ground. I want to go out. I want to experience a different kind of hunt. Did that hunt then like, when did bow hunting really become serious for you? Bow hunting was always serious for me. I've, I've wanted, I, bow hunting was like my, that's my number one choice to harvest, but I'm not going to deny a rifle hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Be honest here. If I had the choice, if, if I had the choice with my meat, my freezer's full, I'd be archery hunting. But with the, with the empty freezer, I'm grabbing my rifle. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, it's just honest. Um, I have fun bow hunting. Rifle hunting is also fun, but it's more like of a, I don't want to say a for sure thing, but like if you see something and you can get within four or 500 yards of it, you're going to have a good chance of, of putting a hole in it versus if you're, if you see something that's 500 yards away, getting within 50 yards of it is a different story. Um, so my love for archery was number one from the beginning. And that happened as soon as I, it happened because of Randy. It happened the moment I seen Randy fill his tag in Arizona. And I was like, I want to bow hunt. Okay. That's what I want to do. All and right. then I started diving down into bow hunting and I seen some dude, um, I, this must have been, I don't know where this was, but he was hunting grizzly bears with a bow. And um, he had this 90 pound bow. I, I don't know why, but um, now that I'm a archery guy, I kind of understand, you know, having a 90 pound bow outside of Africa. Um, I mean, it works. It'll, it'll punch a hole in that thing, but 70 pound is good. But anyway, uh, he had a 90 pound bow and I was like, I want a 90 pound bow now. I want a 90 pound bow and I want to <laughs> kill a bear. That was like my thing. Um, and I still do want a 90 pound bow. I, I do want a 90 pound bow. So I can go to Africa and, and do some hunts in Africa. Uh, that's on my bucket list. But uh, it was when I seen him pull that bow back, man. And like when I seen, you can see, it, it almost looked like you can see the other side of, of the bay through that bear when he, when that arrow went through him, it was like a hole opened up. Um, and that bear was like five yards in 
dead. Like that whole, it was gushing. And I'm like, okay, I want to, I need a bow. I need to go get one. <laughs> and um, my buddies were like, no, just get a crossbow. And I'm like, crossbows. I'm like, I'm not no walking dead. Like I'm, I want a bow. Like I want to pull it back. And like, I don't, not, not that I have anything against crossbows. I, I'm still planning on getting a crossbow, but when, for my first, I wanted a bow, man. I wanted to pull it back and I wanted to feel that like, Hmm. I wanted to feel that connection to history, I guess. Yeah. And for me, that's the, that's the, best way to do it unless you know obviously if you get a uh a, um, a traditional bow that's you know that's the best that is the, the way to do it but i wasn't that good i wasn't gonna go and get a traditional bow and try to hunt so i went and got a compound and um yeah man um just fell in love with it just yeah fell in love with it now my first animal that i got with my bow was a turkey in california and that wasn't until i got my bear bow uh it's a good Bear Marshall, uh, it's a really good starter bow. Um, goes from 30 pounds to 70. It's a great bow. But um, I was turkey hunting, spot and stock turkey hunting. I had no clue what I was doing. Let's be, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. I had no clue what the <laughs> hell I was doing. But I went to some uh, Sierra Pacific property up in California. Sierra Pacific owns most of California, and they allow hunters on on some of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm walking through do to do and I see a turkey and he crosses the road and he starts, you know, puffing out his feathers and strutting. And I'm like, okay. So I walk up to it. It runs off. I hide behind a tree. I see it kind of come out and I kind of bounce from tree to tree, like just crawl from tree to tree. And I have no clue how he didn't care about me. Um, except for the fact that I was in jeans and a t-shirt. And he probably didn't think that I was hunting <laughs> because I did not look like I was hunting whatsoever. No camo. Like just, I just got off of work. Just the, just the bow, no right? Camo. No camo. Okay. Just the bow. I had my ten. I didn't have boots. On. I had tennis shoes, jeans, and a t-shirt. Like I was, I just getting off of work, kind of going hunting kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I say, I, I stocked this this turkey down into a meadow it met up with some hens i got real close to it i sat behind a tree um he kind of put it around a little bit and i pulled the bow back and and harvested him and that was my first turkey and i was like yeah i can do this for the rest of my life so and, um, so what like I, I when, when you found when you because there's this moment right for me, it was a white-tailed doe back in like, oh, geez, I don't even know when it was, when I shot. It was, it was a long time ago. It was it was like 15 years ago when I shot my first deer with a bow, and it was just a doe, right? And I was so jacked up when I finally killed, killed her, right? So what was going through your head at that moment when you killed that turkey with a bow and arrow? Um, shock. Uh, it was, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I had did it. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of questioning, okay, is it, is it dead? Like, okay, should I wait? I see the guys wait and give it time. Should I give it time? <laughs> what do I do in this situation? And it's laying there and, um, I'm looking at it and I'm, 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 I'm only like 15 yards away, maybe 20 yards away from this. I'm not very far from him. And, um, 
I get up and I walk over to him and I grab him and he has these beautiful feathers. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is my bird. Like, what do I do now? And I grab my knife and I start cutting off the breast and I start like cutting off. The, I'm like, okay, I want to, do I want to keep you know, the, the tail? Like, how, how do I want to do this? I grab his beard and I keep the tail and I, I'm just like this, this feeling of like, this is my Thanksgiving right here. Like this is my Thanksgiving Turkey and I just got it. I'm going to eat this Turkey like on Thanksgiving. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I ended up doing that. Um, I put it up in the freezer and saved it until the following fall. And um, yeah, I ate him for, ate him for Thanksgiving. I made uh, some chili out of his, out of his legs. And um, I made some schnitzels out of his breast. And uh, it was just this, feeling of like connection yeah. to tradition. And that's the best way I can put it is, is I didn't feel like I was like going to the store to go get a turkey. I know that sounds weird. It's it obvious, but it, it, was, it, it was like, kind of like, you know, Hey mom, like you got this turkey right here. It's beautiful turkey stuffing. And it, it's great mom, but Hey, try this turkey that I got that I shot and just see like the look on her face when, when she ate it and I told her that I shot it, she was just like, Oh my God, this is a great turkey. These are wild. And growing up in the city, there are wild turkeys everywhere. People look at them like rats because they're just, they're just everywhere, Really? but you don't shoot them. You don't eat them. You don't, you don't make, Oh yeah. There's so many turkeys out here. Like why do you think there's so many coyotes? They're eating turkeys. There's so many of them. There's, there's so many, like I can take you to a place right now. There's this uh, abandoned golf field uh, right here. That, that, well, that I live next to. And there is just like Turkey all over this place. And they are protected because it's this high fence golf area. So if there's coyotes getting in, they're only getting in a certain way. And, um, those turkeys are there. They're, yeah, they're, they're thriving. They're not, they're, they're doing really well out here in the area <laughs> that's funny because when you're doing good when i think of the bay area you know san francisco oakland i don't think of wildlife i think of just vast urban areas well, well it, it definitely is that but um like for example san francisco you mentioned it uh during the whole coronavirus stuff there was coyotes running the streets yeah. Like people were taking videos of coyotes taking cats off their front porch <laughs> because there's no one to keep them in their dens. Yeah. There's there's wildlife everywhere. It's just we ran them off and they kind of got wise to our stuff and um you know, they're they're smart. Man, these mountain lions out here, there's a bunch of mountain lions out here. They just come out at night when no one's around and they just chill all throughout the day and when the cars go away, the mountain lions play kind of thing. Yeah, I, I can remember seeing some of those videos off of, uh, you know, YouTube where, you know, there's a cat maybe just chilling in somebody's backyard next to their pool or, or a real small toy dog kind of on a, you know, on a chain someone's letting out. And then all of a sudden you see some eyes and then you see this mountain lion kind of pop up over this fence real stealth like. And then it's just a matter of seconds before they and then they're back over the fence with the cat or the dog or whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, and, uh, that's gnarly, man. I mean, happens all the time out here. There's a bunch of wildlife, but yeah, it was, um, that, that Turkey that I shot, man, there was something special about it because it opened the eyes of hunting towards my in intermediate family. And they're very supportive of me doing everything that, that I'm doing. They're, 
extremely supportive. Yeah. Um, even my brother, who's a vegan, is super supportive and was, is kind of like kind of getting interested in hunting. Um, but when they tried that chili, their perception of these 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 rat birds that just roam the cities eating bugs uh, changed. And like now when they now when they drive by and they see turkeys, they take pictures of it and they send them. Look at this beer dragging on the street in San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, and it's really made me fall in love with hunting even more to have my family appreciate the meat that I'm bringing home. Yeah. That's a, that's a good transition. Cause I, I did a podcast with a gentleman from St. Louis. Okay. Uh, well, a couple months ago and he's a black guy. And when he, when people find out that he hunts, he's always met with this term, you hunt like, they yep. just don't see yep. him as a hunter. Do you, do you get that at all? Oh yeah, big time, all the time. Um, <laughs> that's exactly kind of how I got my name, Buck the Black Hunter. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story, man. I was at my father-in-law's house. It's a two-part story. I was at my father-in-law's house, and like I had just met the family. This is my my when we're first meeting them. And, um, I'm, you know, I, he has all these deadheads all over his house and taxidermies. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm all infatuated. And, like, you know, I got a bow. I, I'm going to go hunting. I'm going to go hunt a bear. And he's like, you're going to go hunt a bear? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to go hunt a bear. I'm going to go hunt a moose. I'm going to go hunt a deer. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this. And he's looking at me like, yeah, right. Like, you know, you're handsome. You're a handsome buck, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am a handsome buck. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call you a buck. Is that okay? I'm like, sure, that's cool with me. You know, I'm, you know, you just called me a handsome buck. I'm not going to get mad at you for calling me a handsome buck. I mean, for sure. So, all right, but I'm going to call you a buck. Um, but then, like, the next week, I'm at my buddy's house, and I'm talking about how I met their parents and how they're awesome and how they're hunters. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and he called me a handsome buck. And um, my friend looks at me, and he's just like, well, you just bucked the black hunter in, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, Oh shit! I guess I am Buck the Black Hunter. I'm gonna start calling you Buck the Black Hunter. I'm, like, I'm gonna start calling myself that. Thanks for the nickname, bud. So, uh, shout out to my boy Deshaun Chambers. Thanks. You're, you're my brother forever for life. I love you, bud. Yeah, he helped me. He gave me the name Buck the Black Hunter. So people are like, "Why are you calling yourself Buck the Black Hunter?" And my response is like, "Look, nicknames aren't chosen; they're given to you." That's fact. I was given this nickname, and that's what I'm rocking with. And Man. it's not like you can't be Josh, the white hunter. It ain't like you can't be Fabian, the Mexican hunter. It's just what a nickname got brought on to me. And um, yeah, yeah that's, that's my answer <laughs> to all you guys with that question. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Uh, so once, once people like here, and, you know, and it's not necessarily even like that you're black, but you're from California. You're from a city, you know, like a bigger city, San Jose in California. So it's like you have all these things that break the the stereotype of what a hunter actually is. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, and it, I, I, work, I used to work at a school district. Uh, so you can imagine me putting in my vacation time and them asking like, oh, what are you doing in Wyoming? like Wyoming in October or like, why? That's the worst time to go to Wyoming. Uh, and I'm like hunting. 
And just like the other guy you interviewed, you hunt. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean, do I hunt? <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man. Why don't you shoot? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I have to go down this spiel of my passion and how much I love it. And, yeah. and like, you know, I'm not a killer. I'm not a, and then Martha, the vegan in, in, uh, in HR wants to talk to you because she's concerned with, you know, you working with kids and being a hunter. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of when I made my transition out of the school district, man, is when I started getting questioned about my, my, my hunting, like my off time, my off duty stuff. And, um, I actually got removed uh, I, I work with special needs children, children under the spectrum of autism. I'm an ABA therapist, or, or I was a registered uh, behavioral therapist. And um, I got removed from a school because of my vacation time, saying that I was going to go to Wyoming to go hunt for a month. Are you kidding and me? They, the, the faculty, I'm dead serious. The faculty in, in Livermore, California, I'm going to bust them out. I don't care. Livermore School District <laughs> um, let me go, remove me from the site removed from the complete school district. I could not work in that school district anymore simply because of the fact that I was going on a month long hunting trip. And they using did not your vacation time feel safe. Oh, my vacation time. Yeah. I was a third party uh, company. I didn't work for, I, I worked for the school district, but I was hired by a different company. So the, my company didn't fire me. They just had to remove me and put me in a different place and working with different, different kids. Uh, so Livermore School District decided they did not feel comfortable with the fact that I kill things and me working with a sensitive group of kids who are may have some behavioral issues, may have some trauma, and they did not feel comfortable with me working with them. That's I can bullshit. understand that if I was talking to the kids about, you know, where to hit an animal. Because some of these kids, you probably don't want to start describing how you can kill something. I'm going to be honest with you. There were some troubling children uh, who were not like behavioral. They just, how do I say this without, they weren't behavioral children. They had, they were under the spectrum of autism. And some of them did not understand what certain things were. So like video games were very negative influence for some of these children because they had a hard time separating. Uh, I just got done playing video games and stabbing someone. Why can't I do it at school? It's okay in a video game. So I can totally understand me talking about it to these kids. Like, yeah, when you shoot at a deer, you got to aim at the lungs because it'll, it'll kick, kill, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it through both lungs and you'll kill it kind of thing. I can understand that, but that wasn't happening. It was yeah. me going to Martha. That's not her name. This HR uh, and saying, Hey, here's my vacation time. I'm going to Wyoming for a month. Well, why are you going to Wyoming for a month? Oh, I'm going hunting. And then everyone kind of chiming in in the office. Oh, you hunt? Oh, Martha, the HR is a vegan and she doesn't believe in hunting. And the principal wants to talk to you because you know, she wants to make sure you're not talking about hunting. And like, I was wearing camo a lot. And then, oh, that's why you were camo. We thought it was just because, like, yeah, I, I don't know what they thought, but I was constantly wearing camo. And um, it finally clicked that, yeah, I kill things and I eat things. And they took out my Instagram and they saw, like, all the things that I was doing. And, um, yeah, they let me go. They removed me because uh, because I fill my freezers. Man, I you know, this is, this is the kind of bullshit that really – makes me upset in in really the world today is you are doing what you love this is your passion and and it's all out of kindness 
and positivity, and then someone else who disagrees with you now is in charge. You know what I mean? And now they voice their opinion exactly. on how they don't like what you're doing. And guess what? Now you're the one who's getting in trouble. Exactly. Man. That's exactly what happened. That's and, bogus, uh, dude. It, it just taught me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I just I just kept my mouth shut as far as hunting is concerned. I didn't tell nobody what I do. You know, I, I keep I keep my my Facebook is very like you don't see a lot of hunting stuff on my Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page that I post all my hunting stuff. Same thing for Instagram. I have my Instagram where there's Buck the Black Hunter where I post like my kid. I post like me doing silly stuff. It's not really hunting related, but that's me. I, I'm that's Buck the Black Hunter. That's who I am. But then I have my Campfire Evolution page, which is my hunting. That's all hunting. It's all hunting. Even if I'm working out, I'm working out because I'm getting ready for a hunt. And I've been in. I do these workouts that stimulate situations that I've already been in and failed because of those situations. So I yeah. do a lot of these like stress workouts where like I, I'll do a bunch of squats and then I'll sprint and then I'll flip a tire and then I'll try to shoot my bow. Um, you shouldn't have to do that though. Out. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? You shouldn't yeah. have to have two different Facebook ba- pages because a group of people think that what you're doing is wrong. That sucks, man. Yeah, it sucks, but it does help keep things like clean what i mean by that is uh like my my, my buck the black hunter page i get to post like my kid and not like have people lose interest in my in my content because like i'm posting my kid eating food and like it's like who cares my family cares like my family likes to see it yeah my friends like to see it but as far as like my followers they want to see they want education on, on your boat so i keep i keep my instagram mainly separate because of that reason but it started with the Facebook being separate because of the fact that I was getting, people were looking me up and, you know, they didn't like what they saw as far as like I'm, I'm posing with my deer and it's, it's cut up and I'm like, I'm crying and I'm kissing the head and they're like, that's, this guy's weird. This guy's crazy. And that actually happened. When I shot my first buck in California with my bow, I cried like a mother freaking baby, man. Yeah. I was crying. I was cutting it up. I was emotional. I was, I was getting tears all over the meat. Um, it was pre-salty, uh, pre-salted me. Um, <laughs> and it was just an emotional thing. And I was taking pictures of it. And when people saw that, some, even my friends were like, dude, you look kind of crazy in this photo. Like you're holding the head. It's halfway cut up. You just, I just, I was going to flip it on the other side. All the meat is gone on one side. I was going to flip it over and get the rest. And I'm like teary eyed. And my auntie grandma took a picture. Like this kind of looks a little crazy. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's my that's raw emotion right there. That's that's me. That's how I felt in that in that in that picture that you're seeing. Everything you see is how I felt. Yeah. Like I was happy about the meat. I was happy about the animal. I was kind of sorry that I had to kill it, but I was really happy that I get to eat it, and I'm happy that it's mine. Um, it, it, it you know, it's a weird feeling. It's, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's killing something is a lot of responsibility. You can't take it back. It's one of those things that once you pull that trigger, it's a done deal. So I owned it and I own it to the fullest extent with all of my raw emotions. And I just pour it out. That's the um, only way to do it. People like it or they don't. Well, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody else for how they do it. Some people, I see people shoot things and, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, really excited. They shout it and they're screaming and they're hooting and hollering. And that's all great. I can't, I can't even think, I don't even think I'll be able to muster up 
the the power to scream that loud <laughs> <laughs> unless it was like you know what i mean I, i'm i'm so emotionally choked up a lot of the time when i pull the trigger not when i'm fishing when i'm fishing is different yeah. i can kill a fish and not feel anything about it um same things now with birds when i kill a bird now it's different i've never been like the first bird i shot was emotional after that it wasn't emotional at all but when it comes to big game i get emotional dude yeah. and it's it can be a doe it can be it can be anything. It can be anything bigger than 45 pounds and I'm going to cry over it. And, um, and yeah, it's just, I'm big baby. It's, it's, it's what I do. It's all good, man. <laughs> I'm a, I get emotional too, especially on, you know, a, a whitetail that maybe I've been chasing for a couple of years. Or if that hunt, like I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. When I, when I shoot my first elk, it's going to happen at some point. I'll break down. I, I will have an emotional breakdown when I shoot my first elk because it's been so many years coming and it's, it's on my bucket list of things that I, I'm going to try to accomplish at some point in my life. So, Hey man, it's all good. Yeah, man. So yeah. let, let me ask, um, let me ask you this get, real quick. Yeah. Um, what, you know, how many years now have you been a hunter? When did this all start? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, a hunter and well, I have different definitions of, of what a hunter is. Uh, and please forgive me, you guys, if you feel differently, this is just my opinion. It's not like I'm, I don't, I'm a dumb shit. I don't know a lot. I just, this is how I feel. When I first got my bow, I wouldn't consider myself a hunter. I wouldn't even consider myself a hunter when I came back, when I went to Wyoming, the moment I considered myself a hunter is when I got home and went back to Wyoming because I didn't, get that feeling that's when i became a hunter because instead of just going i was online looking at maps i was putting points in places i was noticing what the deer were doing at different times i was watching a ton of videos i dived into like uh what like mule deer habits which actually i found out they don't really have many habits they're kind of spontaneous um and uh, i just started figuring out kind of like like if I'm a hunter, I got to figure out what it's doing. And I, and I put myself in a mindset of I'm a hunter. And that's, that's when I call myself a hunter is because after that point, it was just on X maps, maps, Google earth, uh, a lot of planning on hunts, hunts that I wasn't even going on yet. I'm like, man, there's elk here. I want to see, put some spots down, put some waypoints down for if I ever do draw this zone, I know where to go. And um, that's when I made that transition from like, Curious to Hunter is when I came yeah. back from Wyoming and drove all the way back just to get that feeling back. Yeah. So your definition is someone who actually puts in a lot of effort into the hunt and the kill. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that, but I mean, I, if someone, someone went, here's how I'll put it. If I went hunting once a couple of years ago, I wouldn't call myself a hunter. I would say I went hunting. I would say that I, you know, I, I shot something once or, or I, I went hunting once, but, um, I think the difference is, and I, I'll use me and my friend who, who went, who went to Wyoming. I use him, him as, as an example. When we came back, he had no interest in really hunting again. He was just kind of like, yeah, that was fun, and I would do it again if it was like, you know, con more convenient or this or that. And I was a complete opposite. I was like, this is my life now. 
Yeah. He's a waterfowler. That's his life. I'm a big game guy. I, this is what I want to do. Not that I can't become a waterfowler guys out there. I'm probably going to become a waterfowler hunter, um, enthusiast very soon. But, um, at the time I was just, it was just about, uh, big game. And that's all I wanted. That's all I focused on. And he, I mean, he doesn't, he calls himself a hunter that is an enthusiast. He says, you're the hunter, Orlando. Like, uh, I just like to go out there and shoot things and like, I bring my gun and, you know, if I have a tag, you know, it's great. But as far as like you, man, like I would never, he, he would never apply for a California general deer tag. He just said he wouldn't. It's too hard. There's not enough opportunity. There's too many cars. There's too many people. Uh, there's, you know, it's just too much. Me on the other hand, I don't care. I'm buying a tag every single year in California because that's time that I can go out there and hunt. Even if I'm not filling a tag, I'm out there hunting. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what, there we go. I think that's what can make a hunter. Not the fact that you're killing something or you're not killing something or how often you've hunted, but the, if you're willing to go out into the woods and work hard and maybe not fill a tag, but you're committed anyway, if you're committed to this art, this passion, I feel like that's what made me a hunter yeah. and I just have a different mindset cause I grew up differently. Yeah. So like it, it wasn't like my dad, you know, took me hunting and I, and I, I learned it from him. It was more like, this is my, this is my transition. And this is from me being a pretty boy wearing ties and, and vests and three piece suits and acting and, and trying to be this pretty boy in, in Hollywood and all up in Santa Monica, trying to rub elbows with the superstars and stuff it went from that to never shaving, buying nothing but camo, growing out my hair, having dreadlocks because I didn't care about how my hair looked. I just I didn't want to deal with getting haircuts, so I was like, you know what? I'll just get dreadlocks. That's the easiest way not to get a haircut <laughs> ever again. Um, and that's that's how I grew up my hair, guys. It's not a fashion statement. It's I was lazy. I'm lazy, and I don't like to spend twenty bucks every two weeks to get to get my hair cut just to keep it a certain way. I just said forget it. I, and just get dreadlocks. It's much easier. I wake up and there I go. That's how I look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. So I don't, and I don't, I, and again, I'm an idiot guys. I'm an idiot. I don't know a lot, but for me, that was, that's my definition for me hunting. Yeah. Uh, when I made that transition is when I came back committed and I was going to do it and I'm on Onyx maps and I'm watching videos and I'm writing down schedules and I'm doing all this kinds of stuff and putting down waypoints. And I was addicted to the thought of being out in the woods. That's when I called myself a hunter. Yeah, man. Well, whatever you call yourself, welcome to the club because we're taking anybody <laughs> who wants to come be a hunter, man. Uh, I, I just love that you're excited about it. And that's what we need more of in this community it's just people who are really excited and have a passion to share now we're going to wrap up here pretty soon so now you're into it right you, you you've you've been right. a bow hunter you're a, you're a hunter now what is on your list of things that you want to accomplish whether that's bucket list hunts or you know more consistent kills or whatever what is your what are your goals for the next five ten however many years Honestly, my goal is to inspire as many. It's not about the hunts. Hunts are already planned. If I fill a tag, I do. 
What I want to do is inspire somebody else to come out here and do these things. I want to be that like influence. I want to be that mentor. I want to be that person that they inspire to try to be like, um, my goal is to one day possibly have my own, like I'm, I'm, I'm filming all my hunts and I'm filming my personality all this year. I have, I have 10 hunts, 10 tags uh, planned out and I'm filming it all to see if I could influence somebody else and to kind of just see where it goes. So my goal is to make campfire evolution sort of like, sort of like a meat eater, sort of like a fresh tracks, uh, you know, sort of like a gritty, a gritty hunter uh, show. So I, I want to be a platform for people who, you know, maybe don't connect with other people, but they might connect with me. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's my five-year goal, man. Uh, as far as tags are concerned, um, I've learned not to count your eggs before they hatch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as my tags concerned, I'm just going to buy, I, I have, I have a, uh, this year I have a deer tag in California Then I'm going to Colorado actually to hunt over the counter elk. And nice. then I'm going up to Montana for bears, um, back down to Wyoming for, uh, a cow elk and a mule deer and two antelope tags. And I have a glory hunt planned in uh, California when I come back in October. Um, and I would love to fill half those tags. Yeah. I would love to fill a third of those tags. Um, you know, whatever it, all in the field, everything changes. You never know what's going to happen. A tire, uh, your trailer can pop, your, your gun can fall and you can break your scope and all the kind of things can happen. So I don't plan on, Oh, I'm getting this elk and I'm getting this. And I want it. It's just, I'm, I'm praying to God that I can have the opportunity to put my crosshairs on the lungs four ribs back and um hopefully my bullet flies true yeah man well good luck this upcoming fall man I, I wish you all the success thank you very much for taking time out of your day to hop on the podcast and uh if people want to follow you on instagram where should we send them uh follow me at camp underscore fire underscore evolution on instagram and on facebook that is uh both those are, are you can access my content most of my content gets put on instagram though perfect orlando man hey thanks again hey we're all family i love you all i got love for everybody out there in this craziness i got nothing but love peace out and there you have it ladies and gentlemen another episode in the books man that and this episode kind of just goes to show you the power of the outdoors and hunting and what it can lead to and how it can change people for the better, right? I hear these stories and the more I do this podcast, I keep hearing these motivational stories about how people are in kind of a low spot and they have an awakening in some way, shape or form with bow hunting, whether it's a reawakening or a brand new awakening and it makes them a better person, uh, the outdoors or hunting. And I am a huge advocate of people being healed by the outdoors whether it's hunting fishing hiking camping just being outside can cure what ails you man and uh, i'm a strong believer in that so huge shout out to orlando man uh thank you for taking time out of your day to hop on the podcast huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast who do we have here i keep forgetting man 
I'm horrible at this. Uh, Vortex Optics, Average Conservationist, Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands, Wasp, and Ozonics. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. That means a lot to me and a lot to them. And then please subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast, man. Like Orlando said in this episode, man, love everybody. Peace and love. Sending good vibes your way, man. I, I'm a happy person and I, I'm sending good vibes out to the universe. Hopefully you get those vibes back and uh, well, we'll talk to you next week.